Brad Perry, Chief Executive Officer of Grain Producers SA. Uh, welcome to a special podcast uh, for GPSA on sustainability. G'day, Darren Oemke here. I'm with Pip Lawson from Pinaroo Farms and Australian Sprouted Grains. We're going to focus on, on the family succession and also innovation. But first of all, Pip, Pinaroo is a bit of a hotbed of entrepreneurship. Yes, yes. We're a town of um, a bit over 700 people. And yes, there's lots of little innovative, not little actually, uh, innovative businesses here in Pinaroo from arts to um, physical health to uh, a lot of farmers here trialling new products and new technology. So we feel very, very lucky to be part of this community. And you've been doing um, a lot of work with your um, Australian sprouted grains and you've gone through the Farmers to Founders program as part of that. Can you tell us a bit about your journey? Yeah, so we were lucky enough to get a position in the 2000, what was it, two years ago, um, cohort. And Farmers to Founders work with farmers and have been doing so since, 2018 and they have a particular interest in supporting farmers to explore new opportunities um, to diversify revenue streams and they teach you a lot of fundamentals as to how to do that so uh, we had this idea of sprout uh, sorry we had this idea of creating a pulse-based flower that was where we first started and we really as farmers had no idea where to start and I happened to go to a conference and I sat next to a lady and she goes you should check out this uh, grant um, food essay and they've got a lot of grants listed and I went oh, okay so I jumped on their website and the applications for farmers to founders ideas program was due the next day so that night I entered my form and then they rung me the next day saying yeah we've got a position available we'd like to put you through an interview uh, process and that's where I pitched our idea and a bit of the why we wanted to find a new avenue to market especially with our um, red lentils and I was lucky enough to get in so they do work across many agricultural sectors so it's not just the grains industry and yeah they have a very um they're supported by uh, GRDC and then there's the wine, Australian wine, uh, Meat Livestock Australia. So it doesn't matter what part of agriculture you're from, um, these overarching bodies fund and provide funds for farmers to founders to help uh, farmers get their ideas out the paddock, basically, Darren, and to marketplace. And how did, uh, did Farmers to Founders help you accelerate the development of, of what you were doing? Yeah, absolutely. So we went through an intensive three-month program um, where we were given a mentor and we had also had group training. So there was me and 14 other farmers from, uh, there was a chap who was developing something to do with uh, stockyards to um, an app a tourism app to a couple people in the food space. So we had a catch up once a week, uh, which usually went for either half a day to a day. 
And then we sort of had a bit of homework. And then the following week, we'd have our one-on-one mentor session, which was an hour. And so that really helped a keep us accountable, <laughs> keeping the research and um, ideas moving forward. So that was for three months. And basically at the end of three months, we came to a point where we could do a launch, a, a soft launch into the market. So I guess some of the topics we covered in that was customer discovery. So are we actually solving a problem with our idea? So we did a lot of interviewing of who we thought our potential customer base was. So Skeet and I actually did this in the middle of COVID. So a lot of people had a lot of time, which I sort of saw that as the silver lining because they were happy to sit on the phone for a good half an hour to an hour telling me all about the foods they eat and (laughs) what they bought and what were some of their um, values around health. So we used all of those insights and everyone in the program did this, just depending on uh, what their focus was. And then we collated those insights to work out whether our product was going to be um, solving some of their pain points. And this led you to launching your product? Yes, yes, it did. So we, in that three months, we then built a very basic website and I have absolutely no tech background. I used a free, a free website builder. Uh, I launched a little online shop and then we did a pre-sale to see if um, people would actually buy our flour off of us. And I'm talking, uh, Skeet and I bought a domestic meal. We milled and made 100 bags of flour, each weighing a kilo. And yeah, I bet we didn't even really have a product at that stage, but we were still just testing the idea. So when 40 people said yes, they would buy our flour, like oh wow and they weren't all friends and family by the way Um, (laughs) they uh Skeet and I were just blown away with their response and from then that gave us the confidence to roll this out so we thought okay so we launched our actual shop and then out of those 40 people because we let them know first um I think just over half purchased so I thought oh well that's a pretty good that's a pretty good turnout and then it went on from there so we still were in our testing phase we can see probably for another six months really working out who was buying our product why were they buying our product what they didn't like about our um product you know because obviously not for everyone and yeah and then that led us into working out uh what to do next and we headed down the sprouting path. And did, in, in this process, or, or when did you start to identify uh, where you would sell the product, what, what the outlets would be? Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, well, COVID really, um, COVID really forced us to just do our online shop to start with, which was absolutely fine because we had that one-on-one interaction with our customer and we just learned so much from them then we tried to launch interstate but then another wave of COVID happened so that it was just too tricky with freight and um, people we found like shop owners were just sort of in bunker down mode 
you know, they didn't know if they're going to be open or shut or how long for. So it was quite stressful for them. So we sort of thought, well, let's start in South Australia. Let's try and keep our supply chain in South Australia. Um, and that's what we did, really. And then we found a distributor because Skeet and I worked out very quickly that we were not physically being two and a half, three hours from Adelaide. There was no way we could go around to all the individual supermarkets and stock shelves and meet with buyers. So we knew that we wanted to have a, dis a distributor model. And that was probably one of the first things we worked out because um, obviously we're still running our farm and we wanted to make sure our business could fit in and around what was happening on the farm. Um, so we knew that we're probably not going to do any sprouting of our grains over seeding and harvest, for example. And in saying that, we've then aligned ourselves with other businesses who know our situation, know that we're in startup mode, um, very supportive of farmers, want to buy local. We, we just made sure our values lined with them, which has been wonderful because they've been super supportive. So tell us a little bit about what you've been doing in, um, in retail recently. So in South Australia, we launched into Independence, a supermarket, so Foodlands, uh, Drake's, and we did that in April this year. So we're now in over 35 stores around South Australia, so in, in some country areas as well, because that was really important to us. And we have the hopes, oh, we're in the discussions actually, so it's not really a hope, um, <laughs> of talking to independent retailers in New South Wales and Victoria. I did not, Darren, under, I didn't have no idea how long it takes to get a product onto a supermarket shelf. Um, you know, some of these discussions started last year, like April last year. So we didn't even really know we had a product. We just knew what we wanted to do. And yeah, so every time I go shopping now, I have a massive appreciation of how long something takes <laughs> to get onto a supermarket shelf. But that's only the smallest step because then you've got to get it off the shelf. So is your packaging right? Is your price point right? Is your um, imagery, is the words on the back okay? You know, you have to think about all of these things. And we got to about, we're 90% happy with our packaging and what our price point was. And we just had to rip the Band-Aid off and just do it. <laughs> and then, you know, now we're getting feedback and yes, we'll have changes to a few of those things, but you've just got to start. <laughs> and have you stuck with the online store through the process of going into retail? Yes, because we still have quite a lot of customers who purchase from us via online, especially in regional um, Australia, which is great. So, yeah, and more states tend like we have a very strong following in in Victoria and New South Wales and WA is starting to pick up a bit too. So that's been really interesting for us um, seeing where everyone's coming from. And I guess one thing in this whole process that's been really rewarding for Skeet and I is seeing our product, uh, our produce that we had spent, you know, nine months caring for and probably stressing about in, in some instances in people's 
kitchen benches and pantries and uh, people really loving, you know, they can access extra protein and, um, you know, they might have fussy kids like we did. So they feel relieved that they can cook Anzac biscuits or brownie slice using our flour. And it's another way to get fiber and protein into their family's diet. So there, that's been really, really satisfying. Pip, I think you've done a really good job of telling us the whole journey from, uh, from idea through to identifying customers and, and finding a connection with customers. So I've got one last question for you, and, and this is going to put you on the spot. Tell us what your, um, what's your unique value proposition. Well, that's a good one. I mean, and that's changed over the time as we've grown. So we are Australian grains. We are 100% sprouted. So we do not blend our flour with another flour. We consider ourselves a functional nutritional ingredient. So <clears throat> functional meaning that bakers can still use our sprouted wheat in their breads and get a great product. So the gluten's still intact, which is really important for bakers. We feel we also solve a problem for um, farmers because, especially in our district, because we're finding other pathways to markets and we've got big plans in the future to expand on that. And we also feel for the consumer, it's a different way to eat grains because a lot of people find whole grains tricky to consume. Um, you know, they might get bloated or, you know, gut sensitivities to it. So by sprouting our grain, it has reduced those uh, side effects. So people are getting, that's what we're finding, that once they've learnt what sprouting is, they're becoming excited again about eating whole grains, which can only benefit Australian agriculture, I, I think, getting people to eat more of our product, uh, more of our produce so it doesn't have to go overseas. And, yeah, just getting to know the farmer who grew it too is really important. How was that? Well, Pip, that was um, – it passes the pub test, that's for sure. So, <laughs> so Still trying to fine-tune it. <laughs> that, that's like taglines. That's that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, look, uh, congratulations on everything you've achieved and, and thanks for coming along to talk about it. Um, I look forward to getting this podcast out and having a few people hear your story. Pleasure. Thanks so much for having me and showing an interest. And yeah, if any any farmer out there, um, I know Farmers to Founders do just a, a quick, I think they even call it a pub chat. Um, it's a one hour session. So if you've just got an idea, that you think can help solve a problem in the agricultural industry, whether you're in meat and livestock, whether you're in grains, you should just give them a call because they should, will be able to help you nut it out. Yeah. I'll definitely send this recording over to Farmers to Founders once, once uh, Grain Producers SA have published it. And yeah. just a quick plug for everybody, um, if you haven't filled out Grain Producers Environmental Survey yet, uh, get on and do it. Um, it's important to understand what grain farmers want um, from environmental support in the industry. Brad Perry here again. Uh, when you get the sustainability survey from us, make sure you fill it out. Thanks for listening.